This week on the podcast, we've got Stell from On Point Motorcycles. Stell and I have been running our race-ready training camps together. To be honest with you, we've only known each other for less than six months, and we hadn't even really met each other in person before we did the first camp. We'd only spoken to each other over the phone. We both had a bit of an idea on a bit of a whim to run the camps together, and it turns out they've been a massive hit. Getting some really great results for our clients, and and we're on to a good thing. So, Stal is a super cool dude. He's super passionate about what he does, and we really hit it off, I guess, from the get-go. So, he shares a really cool story here, and he's not just passionate about working on bikes, but he's also passionate about helping people get their best results with their racing or their riding, whatever level they're at. So, I'm sure you'll get a lot out of this um, podcast. If you'd like any more info on our Race Ready Camps, just follow my Instagram page, send me a DM there, and it will keep you up to date with dates of future events coming up. Today on the podcast, we've got Stell from On Point Motorcycles. How are you, man? Good. How you going? Good, bro. So tell us, for the people out there who are listening that don't know who... On point R, tell us a little bit about your story, man. How you, I guess, like, first, how you just even got into bikes before you got into the business side of things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, grew up basically loving anything to do with a motor <laughs> or, I suppose, two wheels. That was, like, probably my biggest prized possession as a kid was my BMX growing up. And um, dad's a dad's a mechanic by trade, so always out in the shed um, playing with with cars. And he had a few bikes growing up as well. Like nothing seriously, like nothing seriously. He didn't race or anything, but yeah, had like a couple of adventure bikes and just did the occasional riding here and there. And um, yeah, like always just loved the idea of motorbikes, but unfortunately. Dad wasn't a massive fan of him growing up, so he, uh, yeah, didn't didn't quite want to buy me one when I was younger. <laughs> and um, it wasn't until high school um, where my sort of best mate at the time, he he him and his dad rode quite a fair bit and went away camping a lot. And um, yeah, I think they they took me on my first camping trip with them and brought brought a spare bike and that and um yeah spent like the whole weekend basically learning how to ride which i picked up quite quickly obviously with the just the knowledge that i knew already about how to use a clutch from dad teaching me how to drive a car around a paddock when i was a little bit younger and um yeah like picked it up quite quickly and like ever since then just fully fully addicted <laughs> and um, basically came home after that weekend and I was like, Dad, I, I'm, I need a motorbike. Like, this, it just has to happen. <laughs> and um, he actually said if I saved up enough money to buy a bike that he would um, 
yeah, he would say that I could I could get one. So I worked basically three jobs when I was 13. Uh, I think I worked at the fish and chip shop every Friday night, wrapping up chips and fish or so. And then um, I did did a paper round and then, yeah, did some work with my brother. He was a truck driver, just doing some deliveries and that. And, um, yeah, managed to get, I think it was like a 1000 bucks together. Yeah. And, um, yeah, managed to buy a 1989 KX125. That was basically held together by cable ties. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like just forever just spent time out in the shed, like pulling it apart, putting it back together, pulling it apart, putting it back together. And, yeah, and got it sort of rideable enough where I could go away with my mate and his dad camping and riding. And, um, yeah, they... <laughs> they actually had a block up at um, Glenmaggie, Lake Glenmaggie in Gippsland. And, um, yeah, like we spent a lot of time up there, like over school holidays and that, like just riding bikes. And, yeah, just the passion grew stronger and stronger. And, um, yeah, like I always had like a massive desire to start racing. I was like, oh, I want to race these things. These things are cool. But, um, did, you, did, you yeah, race BMX, you yeah. did you race BMX? You said. Did you race BMX when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. So basically, because I like just wanted to compete on the motorbike so bad, but unfortunately, the family budget wouldn't allow that, and Dad obviously yeah. wasn't supportive of that. So um, me and my mate from school, we actually started racing um, BMX down at the local BMX club in, in Knox. And, um, yeah, probably raced for about three to four years. Um, you know, sort of got to, like, a pretty good state level. Um, had, had a lot of fun, met a lot of great people. But it still just didn't really fulfil the dream of racing an <laughs> actual motorcycle. So, yeah, basically, I was in the process of, leaving school around, I think I was about 16 years old. Yeah. Um, got a, got an apprenticeship at Peter Stevens in Ringwood as a motorcycle mechanic. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I was like 16 and a half, nearly 17, got my license, saved up enough money and bought a, I think it was a KDM 250 SXF. And then, yeah, like, obviously started doing some, um, basically started doing some club, club level races from there. And, um, yeah, it was just like fully fell in love with off-road racing. Um, and then, yeah, like it sort of just grew from, from there. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. So it was, you always gravitated towards off-road, not motocross. Yeah, just because um, that's what I grew up riding. Like, I didn't, I didn't, didn't really ever ride like much motocross tracks when I was younger. Just yeah. always rode in the bush with like mates and family, like family friends and stuff. So it was just like something that interested me. Plus, I was a, not a massive fan of doing big jumps, <laughs> even though I came from that BMX background. I just yeah, love love dodging trees. So. 
yeah, that's where the, that's where the love from off road came came from. Yeah, awesome man. Yeah. So what about how long did you spend at Peter Stevens? Did you do your whole apprenticeship there or? Yeah, yeah. So I did did my whole apprenticeship there. Um, I think I worked there nearly six years in total. So finished my apprenticeship and stayed on for about a year and a half. Um, it was a great place. Like worked with some awesome people that taught me like a hell of a lot um, and a lot a lot of skills to that I use to this day now. And um, yeah, basically, I think after that five-year mark, I sort of, I don't know, I sort of was starting to lose the love a little bit for it because the reason I got into the motorbike mechanic scene was because I wanted to work on race bikes and like, and mainly dirt bikes in general. Yeah. But, um, as like obviously most people are aware, like Peter Stevens is more of a, like a service center and did like a lot of road bikes and didn't really see many dirt bikes come through back then because they didn't have like KDM or any of those brands that like did more off-road kind of off-road market. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sort of like started losing the love, love for it a fair bit and to a point where like I didn't even really want to ride much anymore. So I made made a decision after I think it was like five and a half years that I was going to leave the trade and start a climbing apprenticeship. So, um, and yeah, which I did. I left it like left the trade, started a climbing apprenticeship, and um, I was sort of started there and obviously to make a little bit of extra money on the side just to sort of top up the kind of money that I was on as a mechanic. I was working on a few bikes at home, just looking after a few dudes that are racing. And um, during my climbing apprenticeship, that sort of little side business that I had started getting really, really big to a point where I was just working out of mum's little, mum and dad's little shed at home in Mount Waverley. And I would have probably like 15 bikes in there at once. And (laughs) get, get home from work every day wheel out one bike by one just to get to the one that I had to work on. And then, um, yeah, basically work on that for like two, three hours, pack the shed back up, go back home where I was living with my partner at the time. And then, um, yeah, wake up in the morning and go plumbing for eight hours and then do it all over again. So yeah, that was, that was a good experience. It actually taught me a lot because, you sort of, yeah, working out of, out of your shed, you don't have anyone to sort of ask questions or, or anything like that. So you sort of threw, threw myself a little bit in the deep end and, yeah, like started teaching myself a lot more that way because, yeah, just as you're forced, a bit more forced into, into like learning those things. And, yeah, yeah. So was that always, like, was that always a plan, do you think? Like, obviously, you left the trade, so you weren't always, I guess, planning on having your own business in the moto side of things. When did that sort of change? Like, when did you think, oh, well, screw it, I'm actually going to Well, that's, yeah, like, well, that's sort of like, I suppose, during that time when I was plumbing, I was actually really enjoying my plumbing apprenticeship and doing something different, being outside and 
just in that environment like it was it was pretty cool and i met again met a lot of cool people doing that and um but it wasn't until like while i was doing that i sort of started again a bit more serious with my racing as well and working from home and working on bikes and then that that passion came back and really came back like pretty strong to a point where I like really wanted to sort of had to make a decision I'm like what am I going to do with this like it's getting to a point where like it's becoming like a full-time job and I'm trying to fit it in in the after hours sort of gig um so yeah like I think it was just in coming up to my end of my apprenticeship I decided that I was going to end up back into the bike trade so I started working with a guy out in Moorabbin and um, basically took took all my business over there. Um, worked there for about three three years or so, um, and then yeah, like sort of things didn't quite work out there, and then decided that I was going to finally give things a go and open up on point. That was about two years ago. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, so then tell us a little bit about on point because it's pretty like it is cool what you do. Like it is, I guess you do a little bit different. I suppose like you do a lot of custom stuff and yeah, um, get right into all that stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. That how's that sort of theme go with on point? Um, I suppose like there's always a big passion there for building cool stuff <laughs> um, and unique stuff and like stuff that we can put like a lot of attention to detail and as well as like being able to build a bike from ground up like so we're doing doing the engines we're doing the suspension we're doing everything like um, you know and obviously we got like other people that we're working with um, like Hayden Cherry from the collective family, like he does all our graphic kits and, um, you know, we got like certain guys that we work with on like some of the codings that we use and things like that. Um, yeah, it's just like, I suppose just being able to like piece together like a pretty cool puzzle in a way. Um, yeah. If that, yeah, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, I think it, you're right. Like it's because guy, like guys love to bling their bike out, right? Like it's like their yeah their their way of expressing themselves, I suppose. So there's not many places that kind of do what you do and go the whole hog. Yeah, like, for sure. Like people can buy the bits and put them on themselves, but you like take it to the next level by building their bikes for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's like probably one of the most rewarding things is like you know a lot of our customers have a lot of faith in what we do and yeah. they just give us some guidelines to work with and basically kind of just build us a rad bike and um yeah we just yeah we just sort of try and hit the nail on the head with with what they want and always end up with a pretty cool product yeah yeah awesome so what about the suspension side of things man when did you sort of i i guess how did you get more involved in that side of it yeah so the suspension side probably came from when i was when i while i was doing my plumbing apprenticeship 
I was um, I was really getting into the whole off-road racing, doing started doing like the big off-roads and you know like really putting a lot more time into my training and trying to better myself. Like and um, yeah, there was always like I could always do everything on my bike. Like I could build my motors, I could build the whole bike from scratch. But it was just something with the suspension that it was sort of like, well, why can't I set up my own bike? Yeah. And um, I had the bike set up by like some other dudes back then, and which that they always done a really good job. But <laughs> the problem was it was never enough to like. I'd find it'd be really good in one track and then I'd go to another track and it sort of wasn't quite as good and, and I didn't know really how to change it or like how to set it up. So just basically decided that I was going to put my 110% effort in the research and as much as I could, trial and error, pulling the bike down, like the suspension down, trying new things seeing what worked, what didn't work. And um, yeah, just basically started from there. And then once I sort of got my head around it a fair bit, I started doing like mates bikes, um, helping them out with their racing and just like basically giving them like 100% my time just with trial and error, um, not charging them anything. Just trying to work out, like, yeah, we're just trying to work out, like, what worked back then and what didn't work. And, um, yeah, we sort of just started, obviously, developing, like, a fair bit of a rhythm with the whole suspension side of stuff. And, yeah, like, it, it just got bigger and bigger and done more and more bikes and the feedback was getting better and better. And, you know, putting more and more time into researching it and doing what I could in the background to learn as much as possible to to give myself enough tools and information that I can transfer into the bikes and get them get them dialed and and yeah so and obviously yeah racing racing big off roads we knew what like the tracks were getting like and how rough they would get after a two three hour cross country and um yeah slowly found out what worked and what didn't work. Yeah yeah cool. Because yeah. it, kind, it kind of is like it's, I guess, you kind of have to be self-taught to an extent with it, don't you? Like, because every, it's kind of like a black art, I think, suspension tuning. Like, Correct. Yeah. Every, everyone's got their way of doing it and you speak to yeah. one dude to the next and yeah. they've all got a different idea. So Correct. You, could, you could get taught by some guy, but it's not necessarily going to be the best or the only way to do it, I suppose. So Exactly, man. And, um, I always like try and like I got young Ethan working with me and I always try and like teach him things like from what I've taught myself. But it's always like at the end of the day, like I try and explain to him like suspension's like a like it's a, you feel it's like a feel. It's mm. hard to explain like it's like you can like look at it and feel like what it's gonna do or like how it's gonna work and you know, like changing the shin stack here or like changing the clicker there or moving a fork high. It's like, it's, it's, it's all feel like, and you need to be able to, I think being like a rider and knowing what those changes do can translate into the way you, you set up a bike internally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
it, it is it is a tough one. Like it's not something that people just go out and teach at like trade school or anything like that. Yeah. Or you know, like otherwise, like working in an actual suspension shop and building that experience that way. Yeah. But yeah, like definitely being like self-taught is is you know I suppose a lot of, a lot of ways that most of these guys got into it in the first place. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Because like you yeah. say, there's, they're not teaching that when you do your apprenticeship, so. What was that, sorry? Well, they're not teaching you that when you're doing your apprenticeship, so someone, no. someone no. Had, to, had to figure it out at the yeah, start. Exactly, mate. Yeah, I think at trade school, the, I didn't even really learn how to build a shop. So, yeah. Or, or at, even any time throughout my apprenticeship, I, I, the, only, the first time I rebuilt a shop was out of my mum's dad's garage <laughs> you know using some pretty basic tools and and just yeah just trial and error so yeah, yeah it's definitely definitely something that yeah if anyone wants to get into like you know just just gotta like put the time and effort into it and then do the research and trial and error that's that's it really like but trial and error on your own bike not not other people's bikes <laughs> obviously <laughs> You want to make sure you know half what you're doing before you go and play around with other people's bikes. Yeah. So I guess, um, like, a big part of it too, and I guess that's what I've noticed, obviously, from doing the camps with you is, like, being able to communicate that with the rider and what the what, yep. the, what the bike's doing. And, and, and again, that's, like, that's a super personal thing as well, isn't it? Because what one guy wants to the next is could be a completely different thing yeah so, 100 100 man and um you're not just I throwing think, a setting in there and saying go for it like yeah yeah definitely um i think one probably the biggest advantage we have with our off-road setups is is we're because we're so heavily involved with the sport and we're probably at 90 percent of the race meetings for the vlrc race meeting um we basically know a lot of the riders we know a way that a lot of them ride and how they ride all the level that they're riding at and you know like every time i go to the races i'm not just there and having fun with the boys like i'm actually like paying a lot of close attention to that a lot of the riders like a lot of our own riders um and yeah just gaining that intel on who's who um which is good because yeah at the end of the day like when they do rock up on the door and they're like hey sell you know we want to get that, get our bike set up i have a rough idea of like what direction to head into yeah which helps so much because like you said at the end of the day suspension or bike setup in general is is so personal and you know not all the time we we hit the nail on the head sometimes it might take a couple of goes and to get it right because like you said one setting might work for someone but the next guy definitely not because their riding style is completely different or the body weight or the height it all plays in like a pretty big factor in the way we set up the bike yeah 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 it's definitely something that i know i left on the table big time when i raced for sure like i i, I knew it was super important to have my suspension done like I, it was the first thing i ever got done on the bike yeah. 
but then it just never changed for the whole year. Like it was just yeah. one one yeah. setting, yeah. one setting all year, and yeah. never never actually put any time into fine tuning yeah. it to to yeah. suit the the conditions. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's um that's like an it's it's becoming an old school way of doing things now. Like all our riders that we work with, you know, whether they're clubmen, whether they're expert, whether they're pro, we try and give them as much information as possible um, so they can obtain some level degree of settings between some different terrains, you know, and um, it, it, it plays like a major factor in in their results at some, some races, like, um, you know, like if you're racing, for example, like Lawson and it's like dry, hard pack, square edge, you're going to run a completely different setting to what you would if you were racing down at, um, you know, Port Welshpool, um, yeah. you know, in, in lower Gippsland there, like where it's quite sandy. You, you go there with a the hard pack setting, um, you're going to do a pretty tough over the three hours. Yeah, so, or two hours, it depends what level you're racing at. But, um, you know, and it's just people just get used to what they have. And, you know, and there's a saying in the suspension world, you only know as good as the last bike you've ridden. So, like yourself, man, if you if you got one bike, one setting, and you've just ridden that all the time, that's, that's what you know. That's, you know, and um, as you've probably learned over the last couple of weeks, working with me, some very, very small changes can make like a huge difference in in, yeah. in the track you're riding on at the time. So Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um so like how how like building your business up from from scratch, how how much of a mission has that been for you? Because I know it's something I've been through as well, like starting a business from scratch. And it's like, I think you kind of, it's it's good to be naive at the start to go in blind a little bit because you yeah. don't actually realise how much hard work it's going to take. And yeah. if, you, if you did kind of know, you might not have done it. But yeah, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that, that side of things for you. Yeah, yeah. So... Um... That was, that was very scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, like I had everything there. Like I had the clientele, had the experience, had the passion, had the love, had the work ethic. But it was like, yeah, it was pretty gnarly, like going into something that you just didn't know what, what was going to happen. Like, you know, spending a lot of, time and effort into setting up a shop and then opening the doors and being like, oh, is anyone going to bring a bike in so I can work on? But, um, yeah, we're pretty fortunate that once we did open the doors, man, we sort of, we hit the road running. We are pretty lucky. Um, and then, yeah, like it's sort of been, that made it a lot easier to build off, like having the work there and, and the you know the clientele um, and and the and the experience in that off road scene, um, 
but yeah, like it was, it's, it was, it's been pretty tough. Like it's eight o'clock on a Wednesday and I'm, I'm still here. So, you know, it's not all, it's not all fun and games. Like it's, you you definitely got to put in the hard yards to, to grow a business and, you know, and like, yeah, it doesn't happen overnight, but if you know, if you're willing to put the effort in, I believe, and the dedication that you can, you can definitely build a successful business. Yep. So, yeah. I guess it comes back to doing something that you love. Like if you're passionate about it, it's yeah. not, it's not, it doesn't feel like work when you're putting in big hours doing something that you actually enjoy. Exactly, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I always just sometimes ask myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, um, you know, doing these massive hours, like, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, you know, like, if it means that I can get a bike out on a Friday night and get someone out on the track and, you know, and get them having a successful weekend, like, it's worth putting the effort in, getting good results. Like, it's, you feel like you, you know, you're contributing to someone's success and, and helping them out. And I suppose that's probably was the biggest another biggest reason that i got into this because my my racing never really went that well um just had heaps of injuries um which sort of held me back a lot and and yeah like sort of blossoms a bit later <laughs> with, with the whole riding thing so yeah. and like i really wanted to get to that level where i could help guys at a high level and and feel like I've been a part of their success and, and helping them get to the top or like at least get some decent results and knowing that, yeah, like we've all put in some big, like big hours, big effort and, and yeah, like feeling like we've achieved stuff. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Live my racing for other, other riders, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you just, passing on everything you've learned too man like you've done yeah. you've been through that process so you can it's something that you can help people through yeah yeah definitely man. yeah um so that was one other one other thing i did want to chat about and i think it's probably worth mentioning about like what we do at the camps that it's like it's the camps aren't just for on-point clients like it's you're not i guess you're at the camps we're only working on the external settings of the bike so if someone comes there and they've had their suspension done by someone else that's totally cool you're actually educating them on what the bike does how it works how we can actually get the most out of it on the track correct man yeah and that's um and yeah like we always obviously get a lot of questions asking like oh do you have to be an on-point client to do our camps and like the answer is no like um we we specifically design these camps to help anyone and anyone like everyone basically it doesn't matter if you've got a stock bike or you've got a bike that's been set up by someone else we we are there to help the riders get like a full understanding um of like what the suspension adjustments do and also just to check if their bike is in the range where they can work with yeah. You know, and it could be little things like their sags not being in the correct range or their clickers being sort of messed around because people sort of adjusted them and not knowing which direction to head into. So, um, 
Yeah, like we've had some, we've probably had our biggest success with guys that haven't been on point clients or guys that are just basically racing stock bikes because their budget doesn't allow them to get their bikes set up to their full potential. So yeah, basically we're helping them get the most out of what they have. And um, yeah, at the, at the same time, basically give them like a full understanding and as much information so they can go out, go away and, you know, practice adjustments and, and stuff on their own and, 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 and get in the feel of what, what some of those changes do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love that. Cause yeah, I, I think too many people try and keep it under their, under their hat, whatever you think. Do you know what I mean? Like they try and keep people in the dark. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So it's uh, that's why I love what you do and how you do it yeah. is like you're actually educating the, 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 the riders on the process. Exactly, man. Yeah. And that's, um, and I think like, it's not just like, I suppose about getting good results. It's, it's about made like keeping riders safe as well. Like, you know, if a bike's incorrectly set up or it's not set up, right for the rider it, it can be a massive safety issue and um you know like we're seeing a lot of riders get hurt because of it and um you know like especially guys that are riding at a faster level mm. they're, they're pushing boundaries and if their bikes aren't working right or like they're not working with them you know the the risk of of, of an accident is a lot higher so that's that's another like massive reason like why we why we're doing these camps and it's yeah just like it's a big safety thing as well not just about getting good results it's yeah, keeping everyone safe and yeah keeping them on the track I suppose on two wheels <laughs> yeah for sure I guess it's like that thing how we, we kind of talk about that at camps like if we want to get faster we need to build confidence we're not going to build confidence on a setup it's not that's not giving us that confidence on the bike. So we've got to get the confidence first before we can even worry about trying to go faster. Correct. We're having, yeah. mo having moments everywhere around the track. Yeah. Well, we're never going to have the confidence to, to push the bike and, and actually yeah. build speed. Yeah, that's it, man. And I think that's what, I think why it's been good working with yourself because we're not just like, we're not just working on bike setup because sometimes bike setup can feel wrong if your riding technique is out. Yeah. If your if your riding technique is not correct, I suppose, or like you're not doing the the correct movements on the bike, your suspension is not going to work well. So, you know, like with weight distribution and the way you come into a corner or out of a corner, um, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do with the clickers or the sags or whatever. Um, the bike's never going to work well. So I think it's been, that's why it's been pretty cool working with yourself because we can not only work on, on that bike setup, but we can actually work on the rider technique at the same time, which makes my life a lot easier because if the riders are riding right, we're, um, we're our window of adjustment's a lot larger. Yeah. Where if they've got an incorrect riding style, um, yeah, it's a lot, lot smaller window to work with 
Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's what's so cool. That's what I've been loving doing the camps together, man, because they do. And that's what I've, I guess when we started them, we didn't really know how they were going to go really. It was just an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do yeah. it. It was an idea. It was definitely just an idea. So, yeah. But, like, after having run a few of them now, like, they do just complement each other really, really well. And, and 100%, yeah. when people get a bit more confidence on, like, on the bike setup, yeah. then they get a bit more confidence with technique and a couple of other things. And, like, the, the yeah. overall confidence that grows from that is, like, a lot in one day. Exactly, man. Yeah, no, like, yeah. And that's probably something that I didn't work enough on when I was racing. So, you know, like, they always have, like, a, a bike that was set up well and, and all that. But, you know, like, looking back then, if I'd actually worked more on my, you know, like, my race preparation, like, with nutrition and having good sleeps and rests and not working 16 hours a day and uh, <laughs> eating like crap and, and then also having someone actually coach me on some proper riding style, like probably could have gone a little bit further with the racing, but yeah, yeah like look at it now. It's like, it's not just setting up your bike. Or it's not just getting a good riding style, not just having good nutrition or good training plan. I think it's, it's such like, you know, it, it's, it's like a full package and I think, you have to have all those things together to go race successfully and safely. Yeah. Whether, whether you're a clubman or a pro-level rider. Yeah, for sure. Well, you've got to, at some level, you've got to be like, I guess that's the thing, like the, the higher you want to get in the sport, then the more you're going to have to put into all those areas. But yeah. you've got to be putting something into into each of those areas to, yeah, to, be, for sure. to be moving forward. Yeah, definitely, man. No, I totally agree with that. So, what's um, what's next for on point, there, man? Like, you've you look like you're brimming at that little factory you're in now. Yeah. <laughs> what's the plan for expansion? Um. Yeah. So, like, we we have a like a long term plan of. Well, hopefully, it'll be shorter and longer, but um, yeah, like hopefully find a bigger premises to move the business to. Um, you know, hopefully something with like a bit of a shop front and then, yeah, like have a full bike development department. So, which will be engine packages, two-stroke, four-stroke, um, you know, packages that we can build to suit riders. Um, it's full suspension department where we can, you know, obviously offer the setups that we're doing now and then yeah at the same time have we're going to have like a full workshop department as well which will offer all the services repairs that we we offer at the moment and you know and just be like basically want to be a one-stop shop and yeah. just you know offer like that service that everyone everyone wants yeah 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 that's long-term plan so at the moment we're we're just still trying to work through the massive workload that we have. So we can't put too much time and effort into it at the moment. But we will, yeah, hopefully over the next twelve months we'll start getting the ball rolling and start looking for some bigger, bigger premises. And yeah, yeah, awesome. 
So is like having a dealership or something, is that something you've ever kind of wanted to or a path you'd want to venture down or you'd rather just have your own um, service center? Nah, probably not a dealership, I suppose. Like I don't really want to be um, assigned to just one brand. Like I, I love dirt bikes in general and yeah, yeah, I've never been a big salesman. I don't, yeah, not a, not that keen on like selling selling bikes and you know having that. So rather just like put our full focus and energy into into basically developing bikes, um, you know, and 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 offering like a high degree, high level workshop where like you know our standards are a second to none basically. So yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, try and keep it try and keep it plain and simple and work on those areas, man. Try and perfect them basically. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well you're doing a good job of that so far, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess the other thing we probably should mention is if people are keen on getting to one of the camps, like we are working on getting some more dates out. We're just sort of waiting to see what's gonna happen with with racing, obviously, it's a bit up in the air at the moment with what the Vic Off Road calendar and the Aussies are going to be. So once we get a bit more certainty around that, we're going to lock in some more dates for the camps. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, so, luckily enough, I'm actually on the VORC committee, um, which I'm the rider liaison for, for this season. Not that there's been much of it. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I know the committee's working pretty hard at the moment to try and put together a series of what's left for the year. So hopefully as soon as we get those dates, um, we can basically, yeah, start, start running off some more level one and level two dates um, for everyone there. And, and add a few more different properties too, you know, so which will be good because that way we can... Um, yeah, we can test, test, especially with the level two stuff, we can test on different terrains and that way the riders can obtain different settings. So when they do race those type of terrains, they can um, basically, um, they can basically have like a setting there that they can re reference off. So that way they can go into the race knowing that their bike's in a pretty good range for those, for those conditions yeah yeah for sure yeah um what about your little app too man It'd be worth mentioning that. that that's really cool too i think that that yeah. app you've got for people for your clients for, with their suspension settings yeah man so we've got a little app that we use um basically after you do our camp i just create a runner database or like a login details and basically upload all their test results and their baseline settings into that app. So what that allows everyone to do is, yeah, like if they if they go onto a track and they know, oh yeah, this track's loamy, it's sandy, it's wet. Oh yeah, they can look at their app and go, right, um, we tested at Ballarat and there was loamy, wet and, and whatnot and, and they'll have all the settings there that they can just basically bang into their bike, which have already provided them the information. Um, we've provided them the information to on how to do all that. Yeah. So 
it, it's pretty cool, man. Like it's and it's and the best thing is like everyone these days always has their phone on them. So, yeah. um, yeah, they always have their phone on them, so they can easily access it anywhere, anytime. And um, yeah, like have that information so they can go racing and they know their bikes are going to be dialed in, man. So. Yeah, and, and they can obviously have multiple settings in there too, can't they? Like if, yeah, they, exactly. if you go test with them at a sand track, it'll have a sand yep. setting or a hard yep. pack setting and yep. it's all in there so they can yep. just pick, pick which one. Yeah, or like or if like say anyone wants to contact me and say, hey, Sal, we're riding, we're riding a bit of sand this weekend, like deep sand, even though we haven't tested in that, that kind of terrain, I can sort of use their their settings from what we have tested mm. with just to give them like a bit of a baseline starting point. Yeah. Um, and then just upload it on the app and then that way they've got it there, man. And it's, yeah, it's, there's no dramas after that. Like, yeah, they're, they're not going in blind or like with the hard tack setting and the bike's going to tuck a front end <laughs> at the first corner of the race. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just good to be able to give everyone that information. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's cool, man. Well, I'm appreciative of your time. I know it's getting late, so I better let you lock that workshop up. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming on and sharing that with us, man. It was awesome. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. All good, go easy, man. Speak soon. Take it easy. See ya. <laughs> Thank you, podcast listeners. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. It really does mean a lot to me. If you have any questions at all about training, nutrition, mindset, anything at all that you're curious about, send me a DM on my Insta page at Offroad Performance Coach. I always do my best to get back to them within 24 hours. Also, if you would like to learn more about our online race-ready training programs, you can follow that link at my Insta page, Off-Road Performance Coach. That'll take you to our website, 100percentstrength.com. We've got several options there for our race-ready programs from our high-end premium personalized programs right down to our base-level entry program. Even on our base-level program, you get access to our member site. It's full of video lessons and content that you can work through at your own pace. Not only that, your program gets delivered via TrueCoach on your phone, you get direct access to me coaching you on your technique and your results through the function in the app that allows you to comment and communicate with me. It also allows you to upload videos and photos of yourself training. If you're performing a movement that you're perhaps a little bit unsure about and you need some cues to help you, you can send me a video and I can straight up hit you with a reply and give you a comment and coach you on your training so you actually get the results you deserve. So all this on our base level program, it's only $15 per week. It's crazy value. It's There's no contract there. You can cancel that at any time. We've also got several different options depending on your schedule. We've got three-day options, five-day options, different options depending on your training experience. We've got options for beginners with minimal equipment. We've got options for experienced trainers with a full gym 
We've also got mobility only programs there. If you want to just hit your mobility hard and turn back your body clock, we've got proper periodized programming in there to hit your mobility. So like I said, it's crazy value. Like you could do this program even just for eight weeks and spend only 120 bucks and you're gonna learn everything that you need to know about training for off-road and motocross racing. So if that interests you, check it out. Otherwise, thanks again for listening and I will see you all on the next podcast. Bye for now.